Today's guest is the one and only Josh Garvin, one of my good buddies and one of my former roommates from the University of South Florida. Kind of came in together, living in Holly A, had a really good time with him. Nowadays, he is a teacher and a coach, so I think this could be a great interview for anyone that's interested in going that route. And without further ado, welcome back to Changing the Field. Quarantine's pretty busy when you got a two-year-old and a five-month-old. Oh my God, five months. Five months, yeah. Boy and a girl, or what do you got? Two boys. Two boys? Yeah, I yeah. think I'm. I think I, I struck gold there, so I think I might be done after that. <laughs> I imagine, man. Yeah. Um, so, so what have you been? What have you been up to, man? What's what's life been like? Uh, well, when I moved back to Ohio, I um, was in school suspension monitor which was fun for a year well up in ohio you actually have to like down in florida i can get my degree in history and then be a history teacher well up in ohio you actually have to have your degree in education so i went to ashland university which is like a division two smaller school about an hour away so i went there and i had to take my education classes for about a year year and a half to get my actual teaching license here oh wow yeah so i got my teaching license and i was at this small school district for a year now I'm up uh, about 25 minutes north of here. I teach government there for the past four years, but it's at a career center. I don't know. I don't think they have those in Florida. It's basically since they've taken all of the um, uh, welding lab type work, stuff like that. Um, since they took those all out of schools, they have career centers up in Ohio now. Well, they still have to take their core classes like government, social studies, math, English, science. But yeah. I, teach, I teach government up at a career center and then I, uh, coach offensive line down here in Dover. It's in Dover, Ohio. It's nobody. I mean, when pe- nobody knows where that is, so I didn't even know where it was until I met my wife. Have you, <laughs> have you ever heard of Akron, Ohio? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's about a half hour south of Akron. Ohio. It's about an hour and a half south of Cleveland. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So you still yeah. you still rooting for all the Cleveland teams? You still down absolutely. To, there you go. The dad die. Absolutely. <laughs> Baker, Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield, man. Yeah, baller, definitely a baller. <laughs> yeah. They're starting to load up, man. I'm hoping they do a little bit better this year. They've yeah. been kind of on the upward trend for a little bit now. Um, yeah. So I wanted to ask you, when when did you first feel like you fell in love with football, if you did? Um, I would say probably my senior year of high school because uh, Bobby Bowden's staff that got fired our junior year up at Florida State one of his GAs became our offensive line coach in high school. Um, when I played, when I lived in Ohio before high school, I never played football. Um, right. So I didn't really play until I signed up for the city league and stuff in Lakeland. And then, so I, I mean, I did it just because that's what everyone did. Meet new people when I moved down here. And then I did it in high school. I tried out for baseball in high school and that doesn't work out in Florida because everybody in Florida plays baseball year round. So right. they're all like 10 times better than me. 
when the head coach of Lake Gibson came to me, he's like, you realize you're 300 pounds as a freshman. Like you should baseball is probably not the sport for you. I was like, <laughs> probably not. So I, came, I didn't even play football my freshman year. And then I came out my sophomore year, made varsity. And then junior year I started. And then senior year is when that guy came down. And that's really when he um, kind of sold me on like spring football in my junior year going into my senior year is when he really um, got me to like to actually love the game of football and everything about it. What about it? What about it? Did you fall in love with? What was what was like something about the game that you really dug? I think just the camaraderie and friendship that you that you get from it. That's that's the biggest thing that I missed whenever I left was being close with everybody all the time and talking to them all the time and things like that. And once you're done playing, you know it's kind of everybody goes off and does their own thing and you meet new people depending on where you work or and those new people probably don't talk the same way your teammates did. <laughs> No, they don't. probably have the same sense of humor, so you got to kind of, like, walk on glass around them and, like, watch all the perverted jokes or stupid jokes that you might have made in college. And so I'd say the camaraderie, just being with all the teammates was probably the best part about it. That's what, uh, you know, when I ask other people, a lot of people say the same thing about the, the camaraderie, the locker room, the, right. the team environment and stuff like that is usually number one. Right. Uh, don't really hear a lot other than that, to be honest. That's like the main one. Yeah, probably. But uh, did you, when you were in high school, did you have any like, I know you mentioned that you started playing your sophomore year, right? Yeah. Which is kind of crazy because when, if if anyone knows anything about Lakeland football, you guys are pretty nasty down there in the state of Florida. <laughs> yeah. So to come in and really not have like any kind of like, like, top tier experience so to speak heading into right. sophomore year to immediately start on varsity like you gotta be a hell yeah. of an athlete like that's that's no joke yeah. man i mean i well, know i know personally how good lake gibson is yeah. and <laughs> i don't know if you heard about that man but we got all the way to like the quarterfinals and met up with lake yeah, gibson. I that. that's yeah, when they went I to the state championship game that year right yeah, yeah and then the quarterback did. and the quarterback transferred to lakeland for a senior year he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Man, you guys were so loaded. You guys were so yeah, well coached. I was I was like in the middle of you know how it is when you're coaching, man. The other team is the enemy and stuff like right. that. But knowing you and knowing Grothy and the guys yeah. that had come out of Lake Gibson, I you, especially in college, I remember when me and you first met when we were freshmen the thing that shocked me the most about you is how well you knew the game coming into college. Right. It was like head and shoulders above. I didn't even know what, what power was. I didn't right. know what. Well, it has a lot to do with that guy. That, it has a lot to do with that guy that came from Florida state. His name was uh, Matt Dixon. He uh, was a GA up at Florida state for a while. He was actually, um, I think he coaches down at Miami Columbus. I think they just won the state title last year. Oh, wow. So I think he coaches down there now, if I'm not mistaken, but like he, like I had, didn't really have any knowledge, maybe basic, but then he came down and really explained a lot, like zone, power, counter, just footwork in general, stance, all that. Like he really told us a lot in high school that the kids that we were playing against didn't know any of that type of technique and all that. Like when I came up here to Ohio, I saw guys, I saw offensive linemen on the left side of the line in a right-handed stance. And all the yeah. coaches were like, oh, what's the problem? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like that's like yeah that's like bat that's like bat hitting a baseball and swing it up uh, swing it up to the sky or something like that it doesn't make any sense yeah trying to swing a baseball bat with your feet essentially yeah. <laughs> so so what 
what would you say was like your biggest obstacle with like playing football? Like what, what was something that you found difficult about the sport or difficult about uh, really anything like coming up through high school in college? Like what was something that was it like the grueling schedule? Yeah. Was it like, um, I think uh, high school really wasn't too difficult for me. And I think that was kind of um, bad for me in a sense when I got to college because high school really wasn't that difficult for me. Mm -hmm. um, so when I got to college, just the whole mandatory meetings, going to class, you know, then going to practice, mandatory lifting, you know, just that whole scheduling thing was really what got me my first year. As you all know, like obviously my first year was a complete disaster academically. So I really had to figure out how to balance the two, which I did end up doing later on. But I just, the thing that was the most difficult for me was, and in hindsight, I know why they did it now, was just the always checking in on me or like no matter what it was, class, homework, eating, working out at practice, like just the constant like person over my shoulder constantly checking on me where I just now I know why they did it and I do the same thing when I coach now but like uh just I'm like just leave me alone like let, I know what to do let me do it type mentality which I shouldn't have been like that but I think that's what I struggled with the most was just the constant checking in on me and like making sure I'm doing this making sure I'm doing this just all the time it was just exhausting after a while isn't it isn't it so crazy like how after you get done playing college and then you like for me uh getting into coaching and then seeing these high school kids making the same mistakes that I was oh, yeah. making in high school. Yeah. And then you're like, Hey, 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 don't do that because right. you know, later on you're going to end up paying for that. But right. it's just as a high school kid, uh, you know, I know you, you mentioned that you had like a couple of really good coaches and stuff like that. I just going into college, I was had kind of a little bit of a different deal. I felt like the hardest thing for me wasn't like the school or anything like that. It was more so like, um, I guess I, it might not have seemed like this, but really like trying to fit in with so many different, you know, characters and starting on the bottom rung again. Whereas, yeah. you know, you're like, people say it all the time when you're a senior, like, Oh, you're going to be the, the, bottom of the barrel again when you end up getting to college and then it happens right. and it's like oh shit like this right. is this is way different you know yeah. these there's yeah, some guess, cats like <laughs> yeah yeah mine was mine was definitely academically is like i said going into my until that guy came down i was all planned on joining the military i had no desire or anything like that to go to college or anything i had a my gpa in college was probably 1.5 higher than it was in high school <laughs> like mm. I did not take high school very seriously. Yeah. And um, so that transitioning to now you actually have to go to classes that are harder, yeah. but people are checking on you, checking on your work and all this stuff. And yeah. it was just like, like I said, my friend, it took me a couple of years to actually figure out um, uh, how to balance the two and, you know, ultimately tell myself that academics was more important than football itself. Did you end up when you, when you left, did you immediately get back into school and play ball again? Or did you take a break? Or was that like the end of, of no, playing I only had, for you? No, be, yeah, because we only had two, I only had two semesters left before I graduated. Mm. So I just, that's when um, Ketchel was doing his master's. So I was just like, Ketchel only had like two semesters left too. 
So I was like, well, I'm just going to finish off these last two semesters and graduate. And that was it. Right. So, okay. yeah. so did you feel like what was what was your reason for quote unquote like retiring like what was was it was it voluntary like you made the decision or was oh, it yeah. like involuntary so you made no, the it was it was 100 percent voluntary yeah because i had i had talking to i had spoken with coach holtz at the time and he was like telling me like hey like we see potential in you all this stuff like we want you to stick around and everything me leaving was 100 percent voluntary and it was 100 percent because of basically to be honest, it was self-pity is what it was. Yeah. Like should hind like again, hindsight, should I have stuck through it? hundred percent. Yes, I should have. Um, but me being as a coach now, I know that I can be that role model to tell a kid that's thinking about quitting not to quit where I didn't have that in my life at the time and say, Hey Josh, take it out, do this, do that, or whatever. Just do what they tell you to do. And at the end of the day, it's going to work out best for you. Well, I didn't have that role model. I was a 20 year old, 21 year old that knew it all. And I was like, screw this. I'm just going to, I only got two semesters left. I'm going to be done. So it came to a complete shock to, I just got done speaking with position coach and the head coach. And then um, everybody was fine and dandy. And then I ended up quitting uh, probably a couple hours later. And it was a complete shock to them. It was just, I don't know. Like I said, it was just mental exhaustion at the time. Yeah, and I was like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> right, and I no, knew that, that's... and I knew that if I stuck around, then academically it was going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be able to make sure I graduated and all this stuff. So that was the choice I made. It was either do football and be mediocre in school, or quit football and finish school the right way, and figure out what I want to do after school. Do you have any? Do you have any like regret? Would you oh, say? Yeah. I know you kind of mentioned that about not not oh, yeah. playing. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't necessarily regret not playing at USF, I regret not looking at my other options. Right. As yeah. far as going to another school where not, like I said, I said before, I told you before, they didn't have the transfer portal back then. Right. But if they did have something like that, I could have put my name in that. And if there was a small one double A or even a, you know, max, like the max schools up here are huge with Akron and Kent State. You know, I wish I would have looked more into that um, rather than just hanging them up. I'm sure a lot of people would have been interested in a six foot four, 300 pound dude with feet. Cause that honestly, yeah. that's, you were, you were a darn good athlete, man. I remember yeah. when you played, like you I were had a good spring. Athlete. I had a good spring that year with the new staff, which is, like I said, it was mentally, it just, you know, you hear about those stories all the time where guys are just done. <laughs> They're just, yeah. There's really no explanation for it. It's just like mentally, you just tell yourself like, I can't do it anymore. You know, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to one of our, our teammates before, you know, I was like, he's actually one of our roommates, Armando. Oh yeah. Armando Sanchez. And me and him were kind of talking back and forth. And I told him it was kind of weird for me because, you know, when, when I got to college, I got, I got pulled out of the environment that I was in, which my home life at the time when I was in high school I didn't even, I, I couldn't see it. Cause you know, you're, you're amongst the, the trees in the forest. Right. You don't really see the big picture. But when I got to college and I got around you guys and I started making friends and then all of a sudden I had a place to go home at night that wasn't, you know, even like mildly chaotic. Like we were a bunch of idiots and stuff right. like having a good time, but we were always laughing and hanging right. out and having a good time. Right. I, I, a big part of my game in high school was my physicality and wanting to smoke people. 
You know what I'm saying? Like one yeah, big time. Metallica guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. So then when I, then when I got to college, it was like, I started making friends with all these people and I started having a, a, like a network and a support system of people that cared about me. And I kind of, I lost some of that piss and vinegar, so to speak. It was hard to like get right. motivated to try and like hurt people and stuff. It was, it was like, it was a big transition for me, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I kind of see like a parallel with what you had, where it's just like, right. I was burned. I was completely burned by the end of my like third or fourth year, man. Yeah. I was like mentally like, dude, yeah. I can't wait to graduate in peace on this place. Like, right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, what are you saying? No, just like going back to what you just said about the whole, you know, having to bring it every day, just yeah. that aggressiveness and all that stuff like, it's just it's exhausting because they're asking you to do it in the spring or in the winter. They're asking you to do it in the spring. Then they're asking you to do it in the weight room in the summer. Then here comes fall, and all of a sudden it's just it's a never-ending thing that's obviously required of you because they're paying through school, and it should be required of you. But for some people, it's just it gets absolutely mentally draining. And I had other stuff going on at home, which everybody does, but. Again, at the time, a thirty-year-old Josh Garvin can handle that stuff at home and be like, and not worry about it when I go to work. Nineteen-year-old right. Josh Garvin has it in his head all the time, and he's like, "Man, I don't need this. I got bigger stuff to worry about and everything." But, but it's just yeah, just that having to bring it some type of mentality or tenacity every single day is oh, it's just so draining. Yeah, yeah, no, I I get that. What yeah. uh, how much of your especially back when you were playing, how much of your identity would you say was wrapped up in being a football player? Like your social identity, like your self-confidence, like stuff like that. How much of that would you say was wrapped up in football? Really wasn't that much, to be honest with you. I agree. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I just, I wanted to be, I just, I don't know. I just wanted to be, have a good time and be friendly with people, I guess. And I guess that was my kind of downfall. Like I didn't put a hundred percent into it all the time because at the end of the day, like when I went home, if I had a bad practice, which I shouldn't have been like this, if I had a bad practice, that wasn't going to ruin my day. For some people I know football is pretty much all they got yeah. and it ruins their, it ruins their life. If they don't do, if they don't amount to something in football, if I want to, like you said, Lake Gibson, if I would have went back home, been a second string player my entire career like or been a first team all big east it wouldn't have mattered either way because there's so many players that come out of that school if i was from a small town that barely puts out any players and yeah i probably would have had that weight on my shoulder to do something you know to make something of myself because a lot of people in the small town are looking at me but i didn't have that pressure from back home from my family from my peers back home to you know be this some great football player. So I didn't, I never felt that at all. And at the end of the day, you know, self-awareness is real big with. Oh, we lost him. I guess the next question I was going to ask is what was, what was um, the retirement like process? Like as you were going through it, who was like the first person that you told? that you were thinking about uh, being for, done? I, I told, I called my mom and dad, told them I was done. And uh, they're basically just like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, they weren't, 
they weren't like, oh, you better fight through it and all, which I wish I would have had that person that said, you better stick with it. Yeah. Um, they weren't real pressing about it. So those were the first people I told. And then uh, told, I think I told Ketchel and then a couple other people, teammates and all that stuff. And, um, but other than that, it wasn't too big of a deal as far as who I was telling. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't really feel that outside pressure from anybody to stick around and stick with it. Right. They just wanted to see me graduate from college before playing football. Like that was the biggest thing, especially with my family. They would rather see me graduate than play football. And I told them that if you guys want me to graduate, I got to be done. <laughs> That's basically what I said. I, yeah. I remember you saying that back when we were playing, when you were thinking about yeah. leaving, you were like, you're, really just like set on getting your degree and everything, which I thought was pretty right. back then. I was like, man, like, I don't know, like he might, he might end up regretting it, but really, I mean, you may have saved yeah. yourself some, some head stuff. You may have saved yeah. like a couple of blown out knees like me. Like, yeah. You may right. never know how the dice would have rolled out, man. It's a, it's a private right. game. And once that, once your mentality, like it, it's not correct, it, it's kind of dangerous to stick with it, especially at that level. Right. Like, playing interior yeah. offensive line you guys are banging all day like right <laughs> it's physical yeah. man yeah like i said i don't regret being done at usf at all that's not my big my biggest regret is not seeing if there's anything else out there for me what how long did it take between you making the decision to to leave usf to getting like re-enrolled into the, the next college to finish your degree how how was that transition as far as like well when i was at usf i was already enrolled in classes mm -hmm. um so you had to finish out the, the semester summer. i had to finish out the summer mm -hmm. but then i just stayed at usf for the last for the fall and spring so that's when i just finished my degree at usf in the fall and spring the only difference was i had to personally register my own classes and then obviously pay for them myself. How was that? How was, how was that like new experience of having it to was, register and stuff? This probably sounds weird, but it was liberating. Really? I finally, I finally felt like I was able to do something without being told what to do. Wow. Like, you know, when we got there, when we got there, they, they gave me a major to have. Yeah. Interdisciplinary social sciences. They gave me a major without even like consulting with me or asking me what I'm interested in. Like, they just gave me a major. So like whenever I was done with that, I was like, Hey, I want, this class sounds interesting or this class sounds interesting. They weren't making my schedule. For, it wasn't like I was getting a piece of paper. I'm like, Oh, I guess these are the classes I'm taking. Right. Like it was liberating. The fact that I actually felt like I was like the master and like control of my own destiny and control of like what I want to do here in college, so, which I never felt like I had that ability when I played. Did you end up getting the degree in, in interdisciplinary? In history. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the degree uh, that I got as well. History, yeah. Yeah. I bet if they well, look into to history, it. <laughs> yeah, I switched to history um, and then did an internship down there with uh, Marco Rubio. It was just a little regional internship. It wasn't a big deal. So I did that. I was kind of, I was taking some political science classes as well. Um, but that wasn't for me. It might have been for one of our other teammates that we, <laughs> but um, so I ended up just sticking with history. I loved it. I mean, the classes I took and my last two semesters, it was just, I was a normal college student. It was it was a pretty relaxed last two semesters. Did you did you keep up trying to like stay physically active or anything like that, or did you did yeah, take I a break losing, from? I think I was like three ten before I like when I first left the program, and then I think I got down to about two forty, 
235. Wow. That was the biggest thing. I lost a bunch of weight and just, yeah, I stayed active and tried to. I was going to say, I mean, you look good I, now. Yeah. Oh, thanks. But, <laughs> but yeah, I just, um, I mean, there's other stuff, you know, I try to keep busy doing other stuff. So, so now you're teaching at, uh, it would be like a career, like career. Like yeah. It's vocational? a career. It's a vocational. Yeah. It's a vocational school. Okay. Um, we get, we have like six or seven different feeder schools that send their basically kids that don't want to go to college. Um, they send those kids to our career center and they go there and they focus on they're concentrate on like welding or heavy machinery, things like that, heavy truck diesel. And then they have to take their core classes that's regulated by the state of Ohio still. So I'm a government teacher there. So that's why I always tell everybody the toughest teaching job in America is teaching government to a bunch of welders. (laughs) That's a pretty good way to look at it, man. Yeah. We, we, I believe Florida does have some stuff like that. Cause I remember back in Ocala, we had uh, like MTI, like Marion Technical Institute. And then we had, right. uh, okay, that's probably somewhere, yeah, yeah, like adult education and stuff. And I know some high schools right. had some different branches and stuff. What yeah. if, if you were going to talk to an athlete that was in high school or college right now, and they really wanted to do what you do now, like teaching, what would you say? Like, how could someone... I know you mentioned the education degree, but how could a young athlete prepare themselves to get into your career field? I would say to do your research on what is required of you to become a teacher, not only in the state of Florida, but what do a lot of states do mm-hmm. um, as far as getting your certification and all that stuff. I'd also tell them to, to um, not stress so much about, you know, are you going to know the every detailed little thing about being a teacher as far as like looking at standards and looking at all different things, because it's just like anything else. You're really not going to learn how to teach until probably your second or third year teaching. Right. Your first year, you're kind of just like doing whatever your second year, you're still trying to figure out your third year is kind of when I figured out like, this is what I want to do. So don't, I would tell anybody that wants to be a teacher, don't stress out about the little things that you're learning in your class, you know, as a junior in college, because nine times out of 10, it may not apply to where you're working at because every community is different. Not everything that a professor tells you is going to happen. in The classroom is going to happen. So I would say just do what you're told and get your get good enough grades to graduate and then start looking for a job. Do you think it's kind of funny that in like some college programs, they, they teach these 19, 20, 21 year old kids in an education program, uh, like a class on like classroom management or something like oh, that. Yeah. And then it's yeah. like, as a, like you start up trying to apply all these rules that you learn at like a yeah. title one school or something like that. And it's right. like, <laughs> yeah. good luck. I think it's, I think it's all good. It's all good stuff in theory, Yeah. but they're basing it off of, you know, that everyone learns or every community is the same. Well, not every community, not every kids within every community is going to be the same. Yeah. So, I don't feel like there should be one um, specific way of doing things in the classroom. I think it's just kind of trial by error is the biggest thing, like find out what works and what doesn't work and then just kind of go from there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, So are you still, are you still like keeping up like with your physical activity? Are you like working out and stuff like that or, or. Well, during this quarantine, I was taking a, (laughs) I was taking a, two kid hiatus, uh, not lifting or working out as much, but during this quarantine, I've been, we, me and my wife got this app on our phones. This, this all we have is, a, you know, those Bowflex dumbbells where you can adjust the weights. Yeah. We have those and then a elliptical and a treadmill in our basement. So we've been, 
I think I've been working out eight out of the last 10 days so far. That's not, dude, having an elliptical and, and weights like that, man, you can oh, yeah, get we've it been in. after. Yeah. 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 Cause we'll, I'll like start off getting my half hour lift in while she's doing her cardio and then we'll, then we'll switch and she'll go get the half hour lift in and I'll do the. What kind of cardio yeah. are you doing? Like long state? Or are you doing high intensity? Oh God. It's like, <laughs> I gotta like mop up the floor or sweat whenever I'm done. It's, right. There's no way like. I think a couple months ago, I went and tried to run a mile and I almost threw up after like one lap. Yeah. I was like, this isn't just knees and ankles and feet and everything just kill me. And Is your wife, no, it's, is your wife surprised at how strong you are from football? Like, did she freak out like that you carried some of that over or did you take a break and, and kind of lost it? Not, no, it's, I lost it all. I, <laughs> I would get, if I did 225 right now, it would land on my neck after about five. Yeah. I tried, I lost it all. <laughs> I tried to bench, uh, I was coaching at IMG for a little bit and there was a guy in there. Oh, nice. He was, yeah, he was coaching with me and I came over to kind of hopping on the bench with him and he was doing like two forty five. <laughs> I think I tore my peg. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's unreal. I felt something pop. And right. I was like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I think you have those people that just like have that natural strength and they never lose it. Yeah. Me. I always had to like, I had to, bust my ass just to stay level yeah <laughs> like yeah I couldn't, if i didn't bust my ass then i would just drop dramatically in all my lifts so yeah yeah i can i can lose weight and lose muscle like no other <laughs> that's pretty cool um yeah. are you still in contact with any like former teammates or coaches or any of the staff or anything from usf no Ketchel, Andrew Ketchel's probably the only one i i talk to him maybe once every three months or four months every now and then what what were some I guess, uh, like challenges or opportunities that came up for you after retiring? Like what was like some, like making that transition into, into the real world? What was some stuff that like came up for you? Well, as soon as I graduated, I moved up to Ohio. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then um, basically well, I worked at B-dubs for a summer. Oh. Just to kind of, I was a cook at B-dubs. The whole time I was there. Yeah. Yeah, all the, all the cooks there were like, why do you care? You got a bad, you're, you, you got a degree, you got a degree and all this stuff. Cause I would always be like, Hey, I'm going to start picking up smoking cigarettes. If you guys are going to take breaks every five minutes, <laughs> what do you care? You got a degree. You're going to be set for life. I'm like, that's not my fault. Like <laughs> taking cigarette breaks. I'm like, it's the NBA finals right now. I'm getting swamped. But anyway, yeah. I worked at B-dubs and then um, lived with my dad for a year. I'd say the biggest, actually, I mean, I, when I came up here, I was just, I was, sending emails to everybody. I was applying everywhere. Cause really that's what, especially in education, I'm sure it's like that in the business world too. Like you got to start getting to know people and making connections. So yeah, like I got at this one small school district and then they ended up getting me into another one and then ultimately got me uh, to the vocational school I'm at now. But basically I haven't really, like I'm going to be done with my master's here in uh, administration in a couple of weeks. So I've really just been, getting after it ever since I left Florida. Where are you getting that from? Ashland, the same school where I got my teaching license from, is, Ashland University. Is that online? Yeah, they're 100% online. Nice. Uh, yeah, so pretty expensive, but I'll be done with my, and the good thing about Ohio is if you have a teaching license and a principal license, it's pretty much good for every state in the country. Yeah. Whereas like if you're in Florida, you'd have to do like extra stuff to get your license in Ohio and things like that, so. Yeah. That's why everyone jokes with me up here in Ohio. They're like, you went to high school in Florida. Like, <laughs> how do you know how like, to read? Do they, even, do, they, do they even teach the Civil War down there? <laughs> like, yeah, it's called the War of Northern Aggression. What are you talking about? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So what, what kind of support do you feel like you had from USF in like, in making that transition when you decided to kind of end it, like cut it short early, did you lose contact with like athletic staff and, and uh, like the ac- academics yeah, and stuff? They just kind of. Yeah. I didn't hear anything from anybody whenever. Really? I was all gone. Yeah. I was, to this day, I still haven't heard. I don't even get anything from USF. Wow. Even though you <laughs> yeah, got your exactly. degree there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I haven't been contacted from anybody since 2011. So your thing was like that, that freedom that you gained really kind of opened the door for you and that being like self-sufficient, you were ready for that, like right out of the gate. I think I'm a better, and I might, you know, people might think this is stupid by me saying this. I think I'm a better worker when I create my own schedule and determine what, like, this is what needs to be done rather than being told, this is what classes you need to take. This is what work you need to do. This is like, I get it. Like I work, like I have my best workouts ever in high school whenever somebody would give me the lift to do and then I would just go do it. Right. Like, I think I just, I work better and I, and I'm more driven when I have the responsibility to go do that rather than being told what to do a hundred million times a day. I don't think that's crazy at all. And I think, I think I kind of vibe with that as well, because as soon as I got done with college, you know, I kind of had a gig with uh, like selling season tickets for the dolphins and stuff like that, which it was cool and stuff. But as soon as I kind of got into what I think is my passion now, which is like kind of, uh, you know, small business, like entrepreneurial type stuff. That's when yeah. it, it really took off for me. And I felt like I started taking control of my life, my own life, and, right. you know, not having to follow that set plan and creating my own plan. It was like, like my life just got way more vivid, like everything, like I I can wake up early. I I can, you know, I can do stuff that I didn't think I could do before. You know, does that make sense? Oh yeah. It's yeah, it's exactly like as soon as I was done, it was like, I don't know. It was just like a freedom that I couldn't, (laughs) it was just like a great feeling almost. Like I, like I said, I still regret not playing somewhere else and pursuing that at least, but like just have being able to determine what I like when I wake up in the morning, I can determine what I want to do that day and what I need to get accomplished. Like, what do I need to do to become a teacher eventually? Well, I, well, I moved up to Ohio because teachers are paid better up here. I went to a college where I had to go get my teaching license while I worked, you know, part time or full time at a warehouse and BW threes. Mm. I did that while I was taking my classes. Now I'm taking my master's while raising two kids. Like, it's not that I wasn't capable of doing it as far as the work goes, football wise. It was just the constant in my ear a hundred million like i said a hundred million times a day like just let me work i know what i need to do yeah let me do it yeah (laughs) like i feel like you never get that when you're a college athlete you never get that opportunity to just go do it right it's always something you're telling you because there's a hundred million people now that work in athletics yeah from strength conditioning to football coaches to gas every there's a million people there's in some programs, you probably have enough coaches for each person on the freaking team. Yeah, especially with like the advent of quality control staff and, and all that oh, kind it's of unreal. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you're constantly have somebody in your ear telling you what to do. Well, how do you let anyone flourish and become responsible and all that stuff? You know, some people thrive off of that. I think some people need that. Some people like that. People always being in their ear. But if you're never going to let someone just go do what they're supposed to do and you're constantly on them all the time. I think you don't ever give some people the opportunity. It's like teaching. You're not going to teach every kid the same way. Yeah. I think that's the problem with coaches and people in athletics in general is that they feel like they got to coach every person the same way. 
So do you feel like that, that transition for you as, as you've become a coach and a teacher, you feel like that, that you, you allow people to kind of express themselves freely and kind of. Oh, absolutely. You know, I've saw what good coaches are throughout my high school and college and I've seen what bad coaches are. Right. And I've taken a, I've taken a, a little bit from the good coaches as far as me being a teacher too. It's not just coaching me being a teacher too. And I've tried not to do with some of the bad coaches. The bad coaches are the ones that are constantly on you and they think that, and they constantly coach you the same way over and over again and expecting the same or expecting a different result. They never change the way they talk to people. They never change the way they are going to coach somebody and they still expect a different result. And that's what I try not to do as a teacher and a coach and soon to be a father, whenever my kids grow up is that you got to be able to get the best out of somebody without being you all the time. Yeah. I think a lot of old school people, they feel like, well, back in my day, there was three a days and like, they're spitting skull in my face and all this stuff. And like, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's not 1975. Like, yeah, you know, it's not 1955. People react different now. People need to be coached different, taught different. That's how I feel. It's kind of like, um, I don't know where I heard it from. I think it might've been, uh, I think it might've been when I went to the Alabama coaching clinic, but I think one of their offensive coaches said, cause I mean, obviously anyone that's seen Alabama plays, they don't run the same stuff. I mean, they, they do, right. they keep the same basic stuff, but they fit right. their system to their players. Right. The championship right. teams do. And then I felt right. one year, Tom Brady's got, you know, Rob Gronkowski and Alex Hernandez or Aaron Hernandez. I'm right. oh, sorry. And now they're running two tight ends all the time. But then the next year right. they're running five wide and one, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, right. you have to mold to yourself. I got to listen to PJ Fleck, the Minnesota head coach. Yes. At the high, we went to the Ohio Coaches Association Clinic down in Ohio State. And um, he said something that was awesome. He said, the days of negative coaching is over. Yes. He's like, the days of negative coaching. He's like, you can't get the best out of kids or people in general in the 21st century. And then he's like, and he goes and talks to corporate, like Fortune 500 companies, all these different corporations. He's like, you can't get the best out of your employees. That's essential what football college athletes are. Yeah if you're just going to be negative with them all the time. Yeah. That's just the way it is. And he's like, he's like, and he, when he, when he hires assistant coaches, he makes sure that they can, they're able to differentiate the way they coach. Because if you can't do that, you can't coach for them because every kid's going to respond differently. And you got to be able to adapt to that kid to get the best out of them. And I thought that was brilliant. I a hundred percent agree with him. How I imagine, man, for just from what you're saying, like, I connect with that on such a crazy level because I left college with the football chip still on my shoulder because of how I felt I had gotten coached. I felt like I could do better. I knew better. I felt like I would treat people better. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, yeah. and it, 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 the chip kind of came off eventually as I continued to kind of go through my career as a coach, which has ended now. And I, I'm like interested. Are you, are you, set are you going to continue to be a high school coach or like if the opportunity ever presented itself would you ever think about coaching at college or the highest I will ever go as a coordinator in high school football really that is the highest I will ever go well another thing I'm striving to be a principal one day wow. so a lot of school districts won't even let principals coach in the first place just because their jobs are so demanding nowadays with just you know what they have to do so 
there may be a day where I don't coach at all. I don't, I, I enjoy coaching. I've been doing it ever since I quit playing for the most part. Um, but I enjoy coaching just because when I'm in a small town, you know, 99% of our kids or 98% of our kids aren't going to play in college. Right. They're going to go off and be engineers or doctors or lawyers or mechanics or whatever. And they just do it because they enjoy the game. And I want to, and that's what I like to be around is be around kids where it's not their whole life. They work hard. They have a passion for it, obviously, or else they wouldn't do it, but they just enjoy the game. And it's a high school football is at its most basic element of passion and love for the game of football above that, especially even when you get to some of these big cities and you're at IMG, it's a business. That's why I got out. Yeah. These bigger schools, it's a business. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy where I'm at. Uh, I don't want to be a head coach just because there's a lot of stuff you got to deal with. But yeah, I have no no desire to go coach in college or anything like that. Why? Why did you make? What What led to the decision to want to be a principal? Um, I think that I have a really good rapport with kids, especially kids that come from upbringings that weren't ideal. Um, I feel like I can, you know from a principal standpoint right now, I only have a hundred kids from a principal standpoint. I feel like I can impact a whole school of 600, 700, 800 generations. Um, right. And I feel like, especially with being around teaching for eight years now, I feel like I can come up with a lot of new ways of, to teach kids, a lot of using technology, things like that, that a lot of teachers, maybe because they've been doing it for 20 or 30 years, mm-hmm. I've been doing it their same old way for so long. I feel like I, come up with new ways to reach out to kids and get them to learn stuff. Um, but also at the same time, work with my employees to where they don't hate me and that we're actually working together as a team rather than me saying, Hey, do this, do that. You know, it would be more of a collaborative um, type deal. And I think that that's kind of where education is going now. It's becoming a lot more collaborative um, in schools where the principals are actually working with the teachers to make the lives of the students and the education of the students better. Not just me being only 30 years old, I think I would be a fresh kind of uh, perspective or idealist, I guess you could say, in a school building. Yeah, that's brilliant, man. People, I I feel like the teaching profession needs more people like that that are going to push and that that are going to innovate, you know, right? going to push and and really are looking out for like the best interests of these kids. Because I know I, you know, being a teacher myself at one point, you see, um, you know, not throwing any names out there or anything like that, but you definitely get a, a vibe of people that probably shouldn't be there. You know, they right. shouldn't, they shouldn't right. be around kids anymore because some of the stuff they say to these kids is like, like crazy. Like Absolutely. kids, kids at, as kids in the middle school, kids at the high school age, like, like they act tough and stuff like that, but they're so malleable. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like you, I think they're naturally aggressive just because that's how they have to respond to maybe either parents or their guardians or something like that because maybe at at home they're always being ridiculed or criticized of doing something or accused of doing something when and they just they have a natural response to be aggressive all the time and I think that teachers don't respond well to some teachers don't respond well to that and they think that the kid you know is being rude or disrespectful or here the kids probably got other issues going on he doesn't mean to sound aggressive to you it's just that's their natural way of responding to people. Isn't it crazy the reaction you can get from a kid that you're teaching or coaching or anything like that when, when you know, you try and like say you have to, because I'm sure you've had to discipline a kid in, in some respect right. or at least correct an action or something and, and they blow up at you 
and then you cool the situation down and you start talking to them like a human being. Oh yeah. And then All you the find time. out, you know, you know, a, yeah. a, B and C is really going on with me and that's why I can't get my head right. And blah, blah, blah. Right. Don't you, you yeah. wish that you had someone like that in high school? Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. Well, even in college. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to really share that stuff with your teammates. Cause you're always like worried, like, Oh, he's going to think I'm soft now or all. You definitely don't want to share it with your coaches. Yeah. Or at least I then you'll never play because, again. Right. Cause then the coaches are like, man, this kid's messed up in the head or blah, 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 blah. blah. And and so you're kind of just like there and you're like, well, who do I talk to? Yeah. You're stuck. Yeah. Especially if yeah. you don't have that support system at home. Right. Yeah. So wrapping it up, man. Um, I think you've, you've given some tremendous insight. One last thing. What, what suggestion would you give yourself if you could go back and do it again? If you could go back in, in time and talk to 18 or 19 year old Josh, right. what would, what would you yeah. say? Well, first of all, I would have told him to take the workout book that your college gave you in the spring of your senior year in the summer and actually do it. That's number one. Right. That's a big, that's a big one. I, I, I kind of just put it, put it underneath the bed and didn't look at it again. So that's, that's one thing I would have done. Second of all, well, I, I got committed nuked. to USF. <laughs> yeah, I committed to USF the spring of my uh, junior year. Mm. So I wish I would have actually taken time, did visits, actually, because spring or junior year, you don't know if they really want you or not. They watched your spring game, and then they're offering you. Mm-hmm. Well, I jumped on it immediately where I could have, you know, taken other visits, went through my whole senior season, really got to know the coaches, and then kind of eased and kind of figured out who really wanted me and where was the best situation to go to. Um, another one is, and this is what I tell kids now, especially when they're not even going for athletics, just going to college in general. I, hindsight, I, you always, I tell kids now, go to college where you want to live. Because I think I saw some study or something like that, like 75% of students end up working within a 25 mile radius of where they went to college. So end up, go to college, look at the town or look at the city, wherever you're going, and say, hey, can I see myself living here or raising a family here? Because odds are you're probably going to live within that area and find a job within that area and live there the, the rest of your life. Well, I didn't obviously do that or think about that, but I would have definitely done that. Another one is I would have told myself, just ignore all the noise. Ignore it all. When people are yelling at you, doing all this stuff, it's not because they hate you because they want you to get better, obviously. That's, you know, that's the role of all coaches. So just ignore all the noise. If they tell you to do something, do it. Do it the best of your ability and just get on with your day. And that was my biggest problem is that I couldn't ignore the noise. You know me, I had a smart mouth. I always had to reply to people and like tell them how I truly felt, especially coaches and all that stuff. So like- I was hilarious. Say, I always thought you are gonna be a stand-up yeah. comedian one day, dude, because you <laughs> yeah. used to come up with some stuff off the yeah. top that was amazing. Well, like being in the teaching <laughs> profession, that gets you fired if you say something to a student. So like, right. you know, I, I'm able to do that now, but back then, like I, I wish I would have just been able to just shut my mouth and just do what I'm told to do, even if I didn't agree with it or not. But like I said, when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, you know, <laughs> you're just, you don't develop that skill. It is a skill to be able to just shut your mouth and people that have it at a young age, good for them. 
some people don't. Yeah. I don't know if I did, man. I think when people started kind of coming down on me, I kind of, uh, yeah. I don't, I, I don't remember ever like saying anything back to anyone. I just remember yeah. shutting it off. Like right. now, now I'm going to yeah. tune you out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like as soon as you start another coming down, thing is like, another thing is like, you know, like everybody is like, Oh, this kid's favoritism. You know, I had that. I mean, I've told you guys that all the time, but like, you know, this kid's favorite, you know, he's, the O-line coach's favorite or whatever. Like mm. I would have just told 19 year old Josh Garvin, get over it because once you get in the real world, it's the same thing. Yeah. When you go to business or you go to a school or something like that, there's favorites everywhere you're going to be. So all you can do is just do your best, play the game almost. And just eventually you're going to get to where you want to be. Yeah. And don't worry about who you think's favorite or not. You never went, you never really know when that opportunity is going to open up. Right. So, yeah. This has been absolutely amazing, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on yeah, and, cool. and, and spend a little time and, and hopefully uh, educate educate some, because I know that's your passion, man. Educate some of these young guys and young girls and future athletes and stuff and, and how you know retirement looks like from the other side. Is there anything else that you wanted to add before we, we cut this thing? Um, Just... You know, it is to be a college athlete is a great opportunity. I'm not, I'm the last person in the world that says it's not a great opportunity. Um, you know, they do pay for your college. They do provide a lot of opportunities. So I would tell anybody to take full advantage of the opportunities that they do have in college, because there are connections there. There are a lot of life skills that you do learn in college as far as hard work, discipline, things like that, that you don't may not realize at the time, which I was a victim of that. Mm. But just the fact that, you have a lot of responsibilities that a normal college student does not have. It does build character. It does build um, responsibility to where when you get older, you're probably going to outwork everybody else in your business, in your school, because no one else is going to have the same work ethic you do. Right. And you're going to think that everyone else is lazy and all this stuff, but really you're just doing what you're used to doing for the four or five years of your life. It's crazy how that translates and you get into the real world and people are like, patting you on the back for right. for just crushing stuff and it's like dude yeah. if i like, if i don't like josh you come to work like 20 20 minutes early every day i'm like yeah because if i didn't in college i would have ran like two miles <laughs> right yeah being yeah. being being on time was being late in college right yeah very right. cool well I, I really appreciate the time man thank you for everything yep no problem thanks Thank you guys again for tuning into this week's episode of Changing the Field. Big shout out to Josh Garvin. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing some of your insight with us into what it looks like to make that transition from being an athlete to going into the real world. Uh, for everyone out there, make sure to join the conversation on Twitter and Facebook. I left the links in the bottom of this description. Also, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with anyone you think may be interested. Peace.